Hello, hello, welcome to a new version of the Car Mugs podcast, hosted by me, Adam Ival, and brought to you by 621.com, uh, the best place for all of your modified car parts needs. So now that's out of the way, as just to say, thank you very much for giving me some time of your day today. This is me practicing with a new microphone, so I really, really wanted to get a podcast out of the way with the, with the newish setup. Unfortunately, I bought two, not realising you can't plug two of the same microphone into a MacBook, leaving me with a bit of predicament, but I have found out that you can send one off to get re-coded, that means it will work with two, so I've got a host of guest lines up, I've been in touch with a lot of your favourite YouTubers um, to be able to get them together, to be able to get together with them, to be able to produce a podcast, finding out all about them, all about their life, everything that makes them tick, and everything that they enjoy, and hopefully be able to have a great conversation in the meantime. I hope you can't hear Finn moseying around in the background because we are only set up on my computer desk in my living room with this blue ice thing microphone. And now he's scratching at the back door. We've just been on a really long walk. But we're going to carry on anyway. We're going we're gonna to get through this without hopefully Finn being too much of a distraction. And I just wanted to say, welcome. Let's, let's get stuck into it. Today, the topics are all going to be brought to you by you. Um, if you commented on my Instagram questionnaire that I put up on my story, we can uh, dive straight in. I asked just for some questions that uh, we might be able to go through on here. And I've got some funny ones, I've got some good ones, and I've got a lot about cars. We're only going to dive into a few subjects today. I don't want this to be too long, as this is just a practice one, so I really don't even know what I'm doing. This is just, uh, we're just going to give it a go. And I, I'm recording on GarageBand. I've never used this program before, so I really hope I'm doing it correctly and that I don't have to go through this multiple, multiple times. So we're going to go into the questions now. I have no real way of doing this because for some reason my phone won't print screen anymore. So I, I, do you know what? We're going to start on this topic. It's nothing to do with cars, but since the new uh, MacBooks and iPhones have all been announced, my MacBook's been playing up, and my iPhone 8 Plus has been acting like an absolute janky old phone. So uh, I don't know whether that's just Apple playing their old tricks on me. But um, I've also got to quickly say, uh, how do I go to this real quick? Um... Uh, there's a girl that's saying her boyfriend pays me more attention than he does her, and she looks really nice, man. So, Nathan, I'm not going to say what she calls you, because uh, it's quite complimentary, and I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But, yeah, she, uh, I think she loves you, man, so uh, go give her some attention. Nathan Thorrington, I'm not going to call you her nickname. You can keep that between you guys. So, uh, I think we should uh, start off with a car-based question, obviously, because the, the podcast is called um, Car Mugs. So let me go back a little bit and uh, we can go from there. And uh, the first question I have been asked is, where are we going to go when Rockingham closes? And that's from Joss um, and Essex Constabulary, take away our wheels, etc. And give us three points, because if you don't know, I got pulled over by the police and got three points for my wheels and my fitment. Um, Joss, I don't know yet. Um, I'm, I'm panicking a little bit myself because obviously I've spent an absolute fortune on my Nissan over the last year getting it ready for drift days, local drift days, obviously drift days from abroad. And um, I'm, I'm not too worried though because I know uh, I know Sweets has got a lot up his sleeve. Um, Sweets runs the Rockingham drift days if anybody does, doesn't know. And uh, I'm hoping that he'll be able to find, uh, find some really, really nice venues for us to use and still have that same relaxed vibe that he's managed to create at Rockingham. I think it's been fantastic for, for the community more than anything. I think it's grown amazingly. Um, and I, I really, really look forward to seeing what the future holds. I can't, I can't really worry too much. Um, the next question 
that I've got to answer here. I might try and string this out a little bit longer and actually go into a bit more detail, but when I'm talking here on my own, it's, it's, it's quite difficult to gauge really where I'm at. I don't even know what sort of time frame I'm on on this, so... We're going to have to just uh, see if we can work it out. I've got a cup of tea as well. So if you hear me slurping, give me a break because there's not two of us to uh, break this podcast up a little bit. So um, I need to jump into a second question. And I'm going to jump into one that a lot of people have asked. And that is, how's Finn recovering? If you don't know, my dog's had a disease called muscularity mitosis muscle something or other. MMM it's abbreviated to. And uh, basically it could have killed him. It can lock off their jaws, they can destroy all the muscles in their jaws, and then they can't eat food anymore. So uh, it could have ended really nasty, but we got it just in time, and he's looking at me now. I'm talking about you, man, your ears burning. And uh, he's on a dose of steroids that we have been able to lower, um, but it, the problem is, if you don't come off of the steroids, it's going to be very hard for him to shift that huge amount of weight you've seen him put on. And obviously, it's not it's not nice for me either to see it, and we're trying to walk him a lot more. I say we, I'm trying to walk him a lot more make sure I take more care of what I feed him and treats I give him and stuff, but the problem is he's a Dalmatian, man, and they're an absolute nightmare for this sort of thing, like eating and being bouncy and that, so it's, it's hard to stop him ripping up the sofa. So, that's that's part and parcel of that, I think. Um, he, But overall, I think he's getting much healthier. He started running around like a bit of a lunatic again. Now his dose has been brought down, which is obviously fantastic for me as his owner. And yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. The only the, the only thing that worries me is he's also on a chemotherapy drug that counteracts another one of the drugs that he's on, and um, but it's from damaging his liver, I think it is something along those lines. And um, I'm noticing some hair loss on his legs, which and under his belly. Um, obviously, I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm not too concerned on it at the minute. I don't know whether it's just me being overly paranoid or whether he's just getting really fat, and we need to keep watch on that. But uh, but yeah, that's where we're at with Finn. Um, Someone has asked, let me just find the question, it was regarding the sack zone, I really want to answer this because I think a lot of people give me grief uh, without really knowing what's going on about this car. Uh, Where is it? I've also got cold as well, so if I start making like horrible noises, that's why. God, that was gross, sorry. Um, Someone asked me, what are the plans on the sack zone? And I can't find who asked me that question. God, I'm awful at this. Um, Basically, I bought that sack zone... Oh, it was Ian Opelby Fleming. Um, he asked me, uh, what's the plans of the Saxo? And the re- the reason I bought it initially was a joke. I, I didn't realise it was as bad as it is, um, as most with most second-hand cars, especially stuff like the Saxo. Um, I didn't realise how bad the car actually was. And I was just going to flip it. I was going to do a quick buy and sell and MOT and flip it. But the car itself is really, 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 really rusty. And I've been planning for a long time to do a welding course. It's something I really think I, I'd enjoy. Um, well, I thought I'd enjoy, and I thought I'd be quite good at it as well. Um, I tend to get stuck into stuff, and I focus really hard, and then I tend to get quite good at things. So I was like, right, I want to be able to do welding, mainly for my own benefit with cars, and it means I can buy probably way far gone cars than I would have been able to before. And I'd be able to afford to fix them because I could do all the hard labour. Well, when I saw that this Saxo was a complete mess, I was like, should I just break it for parts? But I did start my welding course. I actually started it last week. Um, It's once a week for the next 10 weeks. And I I honestly, even after my first lesson, I was 
obsessed with it. I was like, this is so much fun. So I've managed to get a second-hand welder. I need to get some new gas for it, but I'm going to learn a bit of MIG welding next, uh, this coming Thursday. And it then means I can start practicing here and just prepping the car and getting it all bits and pieces done like that. The car itself, to me, I don't actually care about it whatsoever. I mean, I could set it on fire tomorrow and it'd just be a bit of a loss of money. And I don't want to send out any disrespect to any fans of the French hatchbacks out there. This car is just an absolute rot box. So for me, it's just a practice car to practice welding on. And if I can bring it back to some type of form of glory after I've done all the hard work on it, then fantastic. That would be amazing. And it would be a bit of an accomplishment as well. So that's why I've got it. That's why I haven't got rid of it. And all of the other malarkey. Uh, I see a lot of people like, just sell it and get something. I mean, it cost me. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you guys listening to the podcast how much it cost me. It cost me £250. Um, I've spent altogether £70 on parts for it. And if I can find one more bolt, it should be rolling. Uh, there's a bolt missing from the gearbox, um, which we, means we can't basically fill it up with any gearbox fluid at the minute. But... Hopefully, we'll be able to sort something along the lines out. I love I love working on it. Me and Peck have been um, been working on it, and it's been cool. It's been really, really cool. So, I am now going to look for another question. Give me one second. Um, I'm going to find a, another question. It doesn't have to be car-related as such. Um, a lot of them are based around which Honda do I hate the most, which I find so weird, because I'm, not, I'm obviously not going to dive into stuff like that because i'll be honest i don't really have an opinion on most cars anymore as i've got older i've learned what i really enjoy and everything i don't enjoy i kind of just long off you know it's kind of whatever doesn't doesn't really bother me okay connor kersons has asked me a question about essex <laughs> and uh he's asked best and worst thing about being from essex i think the stereotype i get um and people taking the mick out of my accent that's probably the most annoying stuff uh being corrected on words when I don't really think I say them wrong. <laughs> I just maybe over-pronunciate over things or I miss out certain letters. But that's probably the worst. The best thing is that it's the it's the same sort of thing. I love having my accent. I love being from where I'm from. I love, you know, the banter you get from being an Essex boy and being from Essex. And I think Essex girls are wicked. And I, I love it. I, I genuinely do. I wouldn't want to be from anywhere else. Maybe Ireland. Maybe I'd, I'd choose to be from Ireland. But uh, I feel like the Irish and, uh, Irish and Essex people have a great connection anyway. That's what I've found anyway. Um, Lou Crew uh, has asked me this is all Instagram names sorry so uh, Lou Crew has asked me what advice can you give to someone who wants to start drifting in the UK what I would say is get a low powered cheap car you will crash um, and I feel like you have to say you will crash and that's if you want to progress further and that's if you stick at it and then if you don't stick at it and you've had a few days where you haven't stuck at it uh, or a few few months and you're like you know what i don't think drifting's for me at least you've only bought a cheap car instead of a very expensive one that you've then got you've probably wrecked or you've just not had a good time and you just start with an expensive car i'd definitely advise an old bmw or an mx5 something low powered with good balance that um you can weld the diff in or if you're lucky enough get one with lsd and you can just go just go kick it around and have fun and practice because I've learned in drifting, it doesn't matter what car you're driving, as long as you're getting seat time in, then that's the most important thing. The, the drift day I did in my MX-5, my completely standard MX-5, I'd like to remind everybody, um, was probably the most beneficial for me as a driver because it meant I had to adjust what I was used to. I was, I was, I've become very, very lucky with my Nissan of having power on tap with the boost um, and being out, and the chassis is fantastic. That Nissan chassis is amazing. And, Having the MX-5, which is an equally good chassis, I will not say a bad word about the MX-5, it's a fantastic little car, um, but having no power and no boost, it meant I had to learn to drive a different way, and I feel like that was the most valuable thing I've ever had when it comes to my driving, my drifting, and the enjoyment that I've got out of it. Um, 
And that, that's all I can say is if he can, um, I wouldn't go in there and try and just make a load of friends because I feel like when you make friends, you just accept the first people that come along and they're probably not got your best interests at heart. Um, grow with people, go and meet people naturally and just try and have a open and genuine relationship with somebody and you might find a best friend. I believe I've made a few best friends through the drifting alone like and... I can't thank that enough. They all know who they are. I speak to them almost every single day. We play Xbox together all the time. Like, you know, they are my best friends now. And I hope that we get to spend more time together, even though we don't all live near each other. And that's obviously the main thing. I feel like if you can build a trust with somebody, you can skid with them. Because if you trust that person, you trust their drive and you trust them as a person, you're, you're home, you're home with bound, man. Um, and I think that's that's my advice. I might be wrong. I hope I'm not, obviously. There's obviously many ways to get into something. You can go and buy a fully set up car and go out and be the best driver on the track instantly. But you might be very talented or you might be getting a lot of luck and that luck will come back and bite you in the arse. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's all I can really suggest on that. I'd say get down on an easy track, go out and just have fun because that's, uh, that's really all I can, I can offer from where I've been. That's all I did. So, uh. Ryan, with lots of A's, 1405 has asked me, what career would you have chosen if you weren't doing what you're doing now? Now, this is going to probably sound a bit funny if you watch my latest video um, regarding the police, but I would be a policeman. Um, I, I always wanted to be a copper as a kid. I actually always wanted to be in traffic police because I thought I could make a difference instead of being a dickhead one like Mr. Roid Rage was. But because I feel like if you can teach people instead of just punish them and that that's a way to actually gain not just respect but maybe you actually change their way of thinking um i feel like if you're super negative towards somebody uh, about whatever they love then you're normally going to get a very nasty reaction back um whereas if you are positive and you just say look we need to educate you on this uh this is where you're going wrong or this should not be happening then but we don't take away from what somebody enjoys then that way that message can get across. Um, oh my goodness me, sorry about that. So I think it would be police. I haven't. I, I was never very good at college. Um, I'm not book smart, unfortunately. As much as I wish I could be, my little sister has just got a master's degree, and I, I just really wish I could be like her when it comes to book smarts and knowledge. But I learn in a different way. I, I learn visually. I learn from my own mistakes. Having my own company from a very young age has taught me that there's a lot of pressure. People hate success. Um, if it isn't for them, I think that that's what I've learned as well. So I think I think a copper would be an awesome job. I think I'd love it. I really do. I do think I'd be good at it as well. I, I think I'm, I'd be. I always believe in myself, though. I believe I'd be good at pretty much whatever I try. So um, that's why I, I believe I'd like to be a policeman. And I still always consider it. If what I do now went went to shit, I think I'd still look at enrolling in the police and starting from the bottom and working my my way up. Um, I I that's honestly what I'd do. Uh, I think it'd be cool. Right, another question from Lloyd Freely, and it's actually a really cool question that I wanted to dive into, was if you were to restore a classic car, what would you choose and why? Because I actually have a couple of answers to this question. Um, I'm just going to tell you straight up what comes to the, the, my forefront of my brain when I, I read that, and it is a Toyota A86 Torino. I would kill for one of those cars. Not actually kill, if there's any police listening out there. Um, but I would, I would do a lot for one of those, and I've actually been recently looking for a shell, 
there's been a couple pop up, but one was way too expensive and it was too far away. It would have ended up being about four and a half grand car before it even put suspension on it. And, you know, the, the, the chassis and even started to tidy up the rust. So that that was just out of reach. Um, and there's another one that's popped up for £900 on Facebook. A few people have sent me, but it's too far gone for me. I, I And with how hard parts are for them, I don't want one that rotten. I'd, I'd be willing to save up a little bit more and buy, and buy a shell that was in good condition. And I mean good, but a good rolling shell. I'd love a rolling shell, even if it doesn't have an engine and stuff, because whether I'd, I'd stick with a 4-age, I don't know. But um, it, it'd just be... Uh, that would be the, the first car. The the second one would be a Mark One Volkswagen Golf, which might not be what some people are expecting, but I think they're beautiful. I used to have a 5-door one when I, was, uh, when I was about 19. I called it Ronnie. It was amazing. I loved that little car. And the only reason I sold it was because I tried to get insured on a DC5 Integra back then. They were my dream car growing up. And I was like, I want a DC5 Integra. And I had Ronnie, and I parted ways with it for £1,500, actually to a guy who drifts. Um, now we're we're still in the drift community together. So uh, uh, he, he doesn't have the car anymore. The, the car has sold, been sold recently and is now... Um, fully restored from what I understand in a completely different colour which is pretty amazing as an ex-owner of the car that someone enjoyed it but didn't have the, enough money to put into it it's great to see the car that's been loved uh, by somebody else and I'd, I'd like to get a it would be a Mark 1 GTI if I could afford one but my goodness me the prices of them have gone absolutely mental another car that I'm 100% sure people wouldn't think of would be a uh, Volkswagen Corrado VR6 Maybe not the fastest car in the world, maybe not the most appealing, but I just think they're so cool. It's another one of those cars I always used to see growing up, and I was like, I would love one of those. And I have always considered doing a VTEC swap into one, but um, purely because I obviously love Honda engines. But I, I think for now, I've got enough on my plate, and I don't need to stress myself out of any more very complex projects. So I think we're going to just hold tight on all of that. And uh, I'm just going to try and finish what I've started within the Civic EG6, which has been my first restoration job. And I haven't been too hands-on with it when it comes to the bodywork, but that's what I hope to change in the future. Now I've learned welding, obviously. I'll still obviously use Castleport Restorations, and that's Nick Bolingbrook for paint and any advice and that. But he's a friend of mine as well, so he'll be willing to give me that. I know because I've already spoke to him. And, yeah, I think I hope that's a, a question that you've enjoyed me answering. Um, seeing a little dive into the cars that I like. There's one more, that, or there's two more, really, that would be a completely different type of car that I've also considered recently. But I need to stop looking at cars because I've, I've too many anyway. I think we all understand that. But I'd like a 60s Mustang, like one of the original Mustangs, or a 60, 68, 69 Camaro. Something like that that I could really, really get my teeth stuck into. Really, uh really just start to enjoy and see it, see where that goes and I'd love an American car as you can probably tell by my dad he's 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 really into his American cars I love my American cars but for now with how old I am and what I enjoy doing with cars I don't really see a, a cruise culture car as the sort of thing that I want in my life I I want cars that I can go sideways in that I can go fast around racetracks in that are if I'm being completely honest, a bit poncy and flashy, like the M3 is, you know, the white with the black wheels, is a bit showy, showy, showy car, um, albeit very capable and very fast, but I just can't afford to modify that, but that's a whole other story. Um, right, let's find another question that maybe it's a bit off topic from cars, um, obviously I do YouTube, as you may be listening to this on, um, and, uh, Killian, I believe your name maybe pronounces asked, do you ever regret starting YouTube? Um, the answer is no. I actually regret not getting stuck into it when I did. Uh, I started out about the same sort of time that Mighty Car Mods did, maybe about a year and a half after them. I didn't actually know who they were. I didn't start up f 
because of them. I started up because I just didn't want to use forums anymore and I just felt it was an easier way to post my build. But being an arrogant little shit that I was when I was younger, I was like, well, people aren't paying me for this, but I do get paid for 621. So I'm going to focus more just on the business and growing the business and the podcast can get, no, not podcast, sorry, the videos can get the fuck because they don't earn me any money. That was honestly what I thought. Um, but I didn't realise there was huge money to be made in YouTube, and I think that could have been a potential uh, draw to it if I'd have known that. But at the time, I was in quite a toxic relationship, and it just wasn't right for me. Um, I don't really want to discuss the relationship here on my own anyway, because that's quite depressing, isn't it? But I, uh, I was in a relationship that I didn't have um, much leeway or say in, so if, if it meant stopping something I loved I tend just to just to do it because it was the easier thing to do so I stopped doing the YouTube and um, I really do regret that I don't regret starting at all it's given me some incredible opportunities over the years um, it's given me a lot of free stuff over the years you know it's, it's been hugely beneficial to me I believe it's been fantastic for the expansion of 621 of my company and it's also been a way that I've met friends because obviously people recognize me before I recognize them sometimes so it's a way that I've been able to grow in more ways than one and it's given me um, confidence, I think. I think when you're putting yourself out there, people always have an opinion. No matter what you do, you always have to do is read through one YouTube video comments um, of someone that has a following. And you'll see people that love and people that hate and people that are in between, people that are just there to leave a troll comment. And you learn that you're never going to make anybody ha- everybody happy. Sorry, you're not going to make everybody happy. And not only that, there's a load of fucking arseholes out there that are going to try and make you feel bad for doing something you enjoy. So fuck them. Fuck them up the arsehole. Unless they enjoy that, then, then don't. Then don't fuck them at all. Then, then they're missing out on getting fucked in it. So uh, that's what I think. I think just uh, it's, it's taught me a lot. I've had a lot of fun learning. And um, and I love I love the, uh, the editing side of everything as well. The creativity is such an outlet for me as a creative person where um, my jobs, which are... I'll tell you straight up, the product the product sourcing in China and Taiwan is what I do for the family business, and then obviously the car parts business that I have with 621, but a lot of that is just online web shop stuff, it's not fun, like it's, it's boring if I'm completely honest, the best parts are when we get to go to shows and meet everybody and put in one of our cars on display, but that hasn't been happening for a long time for me, so having a creative outlet for myself has been absolutely fantastic, and it's stopped me going completely insane, so no, the answer to that question is no, I absolutely adore YouTube, I adore creating, even if it does bring you down sometimes because some people are being quite nasty you quickly get over that um andy luke uh keith Bob and gob i hope i've said your surname right dude i don't actually know how you pronounce it um has uh has asked me and yeah i have to just give a disclaimer here uh who's your he he i'm sorry i have to give a disclaimer here sorry i just got a text message come up while i was trying to read the the comment what i was saying uh he actually works for toyota uk so i have to give this uh <laughs> give this uh, a little uh, disclaimer but he's asked who's your favorite company that hooks you up with events and cars now obviously it is toyota uk they're the they're the only big manufacturer that's hopped on board with me and my channel and my social medias and allow me to have incredible experiences and go along with incredible other creators and just mix match and like have fun and put ideas to each other and that I, I really feel that's how you grow and I've, I've made friends out of this too um Alex Calm, Sideways Sid like I've made people that I I talk to often um from this and obviously JM on cars as well and obviously Andy himself there's been plenty of other people I've crossed paths with um paths with through him but they're the people I stay in the most touch with I actually uh Calm, Calm's especially because his girlfriend and his family live near me so we've been able to like keep in touch via that and it's been fantastic man honestly uh but I have to say, Mr. Andy, uh, where was my invite to the Supra launch, boy? I, uh, I'm pretty sure that 
as a drifter that also loves BMWs, a Supra that is powered by a BMW engine would be the perfect candidate to come along on one of these Toyota uh, press drives. Do you not think for the uh, for that? And you know, I think I'm not going to knock anybody else you took because I quite like all of the creators you took. But I am going to say I think I would have been a welcome addition to that. But that's just me blowing my own trumpet. But hopefully we'll one day get to have a go in the Supra, um, even if it's just Andy lending it to me and take it up the road. But I actually take it to Snetterton for a track day. But don't tell him I said that. I think he wouldn't. He wouldn't let me. But I think he would. I think deep down he'd love it. Uh, Tom Birdie has asked, what tyre brand do you run on your Civic for track days? Now, this is a good question because these tyres are, they're a bit of an addiction. I, I consider these a little bit like heroin. Like, once you've had the best of the best, you can't really go back. Like, uh, I run Yokohama Advan AO48Rs, and they are incredible tyres. I They are so expensive, though. On, this, on the Civic, I've run 15s. I don't remember the exact size. I think they're like 205... 45, 15s, maybe, I can't, 25, 50, 50, I can't remember exactly what they are, you'll have to remind me, and I'll tell you that in another video, in another podcast, but, um, they have the most grip I've ever felt in my entire life in the dry, like, like, they are incredible, that's why I put those, uh, Volk wheels from the Civic on the Mazda, if I do track days and that, I think they are an incredible tyre, but, Saying that, I am fully open to using other tyres. Now, one tyre I do want to try out is that AR1 from Nankang, because that looks sick. And also, I'd like to obviously try out a AAA R. Um, I've never used those either. and But they're just expensive, and I'll be honest, my heart's not really in track days at the minute. My heart is definitely in drift days. And I've been using a Federal RSR on the front with a Mohawk tyre on the rear, but I'm not going to buy sticky tyres for the front next time. I was told if I use some budgets or something, it'll kind of give me a bit more washout on the corner, and it might be a bit more fun to drive. So I'm going to try that. I'm just going to give it a go. It won't cost me anything because I've got an absolute garage full of Mohawk tyres because I'm not sponsored by Mohawk. I'm not in any way, shape, or form associated with Hankook, but I love of Mohawk tyres, they're cheap, they're, they last forever, they smoke pretty good, they've got loads of grip when you need it, I really like them, I, I really like Mohawk tyres, so that, that's that, that's the, that's that question, sorry, I have not prepared another question, so uh, let me see what we can find right here while we're talking, there's some really good questions, I'm going to save some of these for another podcast, um, uh, my cousin Jack has actually asked me a question, which is sensible for a change, just a surprise, um, he said, what's your plans for 2019? Um, I have a few plans lined up for 2019, and unfortunately, um, I've had to rethink one of my plans for 2019, and I'll talk to you straight up about the plan that I've had to rethink to start with, because this has really brought me down over the last few weeks, because I had a bit of a realisation that I'm probably not going to be able to get a car out at Abisu, and if I am going to, it's not going to be any time in the near future, and if I'm being completely honest, this breaks my heart, man, like, I really wanted a car out at Abisu for one, because it feels like a really special thing to be able to do as a driver, like, especially as a drifter, you can, like, fly over to a purpose-built drift track, really, or whatever it used to be, it's now obviously a purpose track for drifting mainly, or tracks for drifting, and... It's almost like the, it, to me, it feels like the heartbeat of drifting is there. Like, from when I went, anyway, that was the sort of atmosphere I felt. And I just, I just felt it was like the rawest form of drifting I've ever been a part of. And I didn't even get to drive. And I, I look, look at it as in a loving way where I'm like, wow, I would love to be able to do that. That'd be absolutely amazing. But I had the realization that it is. It is an absolute fortune, like, to do it. You have to have, realistically, like, ten to £12,000 for your first trip. If you watch, um, who's that American fellow that Adam Elzee's friends with? Taylor Ray. He did a, uh, he did a video, um, basically breaking down all the costs, and that was in American dollars, um, 
And I've also got a friend called Kane who's going over to go to the BC Matsuri this year. He's got he's bought a Mark II, I believe it is, from Power Vehicles. And he's saying he's definitely going. He's got the car all sorted. And he's saying he's it's cost him about eleven grand for his first time. I know that cost breaks down over time, but I'll be honest, guys. I I have I live on my own. I have all my own bills. I have my own mortgage. I have a dog that's obviously ill, so I don't like to leave him too often, especially while we're going through all of this stuff. Um, I have my cars. I've, I have a payment on my BMW. I got a loan to buy that car, so I have a lot of outgoings anyway. Along with my Nissan Silvia build, the Honda Civic build, the Saxo now, um, the Legend that I'll eventually need to do, uh, ensuring all the cars I do keep on the road, the Touareg braking, I, I just have a have had a real dose of real life over the last few months, and it's kind of knocked me off my little, not holy than thou, but like my little, like, I can definitely do this, I can save up and go to Japan again and have a car out there, um... And I, th- I think I will one day. I, I hope I will one day. I hope I-, I hope I stay this in love with drifting for the rest of my life because I- I'd love to be able to have kids one day and get them into it because I feel like it's a really healthy thing to, to to enjoy and to be a part of. But I had that reality hit um, that I'm not going to be able to go to Ibisu, which was my big plan. I was going to like do a whole thing leading up to it, not even on YouTube, just my own life. Like This is like something that I've dreamt about since I was over there in November. Like, And that might not seem like much, but like I- since I was over there in November, I was like... That was my reason for going, was to see, like, do I want to invest in this and, like, go for this full bore? And the answer, I walked away and I was like, I don't want to ever visit anywhere but there. That was like, I want to live there. I want to, I want a flat right next to a so I can just fly over and live there. And, like, I found, I did look at all the cheapest ways to do it. But, realistically, right now, I, I physically cannot afford to do it. So, I'm kind of getting my head down at work. I'm, I'm obviously working very hard now and trying my absolute best with everything, whether it comes to YouTube, etc. Because it... I, if my YouTube would, would bump up a bit, would would take off a little bit, if people would get on board with it and understand what I'm trying to achieve, um, and obviously got the AdSense payments in, I'd I'd be able to probably afford it because I could just put all the YouTube money away and within a year or two, I could probably save up for it. But as of now, it's just not happening. I earn like £130 a month off YouTube at the minute. So you, I'm not going to be able to do it. It'd take me about 12 years to be able to afford it if I'm just saving off YouTube. So hopefully I'll... Uh, I'll be able to earn some good money over the next few years. And I'll be able to put some away and I'll be able to... I, the thing is, I don't want to stop doing all my stuff here. I want to keep doing drift days here. I want to go up to Driftland in Scotland with all my friends. I want to go all around Europe next year, and which I'll get to now. And that costs money. And I I use all of my own money for this. Um, the only stuff I've ever not paid for is the stuff I tell you. I'm like, yeah, this was a sponsor. So that's that. And as you know, I don't do too many sponsor stuff. So let me have a quick sip of me tea. So have, just pick your nose for a second and... uh. Oh, so good. I love being English because tea is just the best thing ever. Oh, man, my nose as well. Sorry, I'm so bunged up with cold at the minute. So, uh, what are my good plans for next year? What are, my, what are my set in stone plans for next year? I plan on going to Orlando again for Formula Drift. Um, who I'll go with, I don't know yet. I kind of want to go with a few of the Drift boys. So, so it can be a real drifty involved type trip. And uh, maybe if we get lucky, hang out with Adam LZ again. Um... I really like him as a person. He's a super sound dude, especially for being so famous as he is. So he was a really nice guy. Hopefully we'll get to uh, say hello to him. And also, I think the Shanahan's might be competing over in America. So I'd love to see Connor and uh, and Jack smash it out there and just uh, show them what the Irish are all about. Because uh, even though I'm not from Ireland, in fact, I'm probably from one of the furthest points away from Ireland in England. But I, I consider a lot of the Irish people that I've met good friends and even great friends, like, and I, I, I don't, I want to go and support them because I think they're fantastic as a nation. I love them. I think they're wicked. And uh, 
So I'll definitely be at Formula Drift. I'm probably going to be at a few of the car shows. Uh, the Civic should be ready by then, so I should have that on show. And we're going to go from there. Uh, I'd really like to get over to Next Level Drift in Poland. I didn't go this year purely because I didn't know about my Nissan working. And I need that car to be 100% reliable 100% of the time. have more lock. Um, I've got all of my money that I've got saved. I've, I'm putting into it now. I'm just waiting for my new paycheck to come in and my mortgage and payment for the BMW to go out. So I know what I've got to play with this next month. Um, the car is going to go up to Dan Joyce of Low Origin, who I'm doing a podcast with next month as well. Um, we're going to do it on their channel though, so make sure you check them out. And we are going to make that car absolutely sick. And I hope through my welding and the practice I'll be getting at home, I'll eventually be able to build myself a roll cage. That's kind of like my goal uh, through it all. And yeah, I just um, that's that. The, the goal is to make the Nissan even better, to drive as much as I possibly can, help out where I can with anybody else that needs it, make some sweet YouTube videos, kind of find a kind of find a, a route to go down with the YouTube channel that's like successful. I feel like at the minute it's a bit all over the place. Obviously the reviews and the features, and it just doesn't really have like a set theme. And I think like maybe I need to bite the bullet and put the features on a different channel maybe and just roll with that. Or, I don't know, you can give me your ideas on that. Would you would you still watch my videos if I put them on a different channel and just use the Adam Ivel channel as my car builds? Um, and then maybe I can make them a little bit more professional and less sweary and less, you know, arsehole <laughs> Maybe more manufacturers would get on board. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see with that. What else have I got planned for 2019? I think if I can get myself an A86 shell, I, I will. Um, that's definitely something I want to do. It'd have to be a rolling shell, but... We'll just see what money's like. It, everything obviously depends on money. I think I'll be over in Ireland a couple of times. I really want to go hang out with the Juicebox guys properly. I want to hang out with Neil and um, Neil, Neil Tonto, Neil as well, and like Kian from the Drift Games lot, the Drift, the Drift IDC lot, and and I just want to have a. I, I tell you what, I just want to live. If that makes sense, I want to feel like I'm living. I, one of my fears is that I'll be put on my deathbed one day, and I'll be there. And my last bit of bit of breath will be like, wow, I really regret not doing that. Um, on a more personal level, I hope to lose some weight. I've, I was doing really well in the gym until I tore my ligament in my shoulder, or I'd done damage my ligament in my shoulder. It's been the most excruciating pain. And I've obviously just... It's put me back in a negative spiral. I've been eating junk food, and I've, I've not been looking after myself. And it's, it's all my fault. And I'm, I hopefully be back in within about a month. I think that's what the doc said. The, uh, from now, my recovery time is about a month still because of how bad it is. So, it's um, it sucks, man. I want to, I want to. I know it sounds. Some of you guys might not care, but I want to play more golf. I love golf. I want to do more golf stuff. Um, I want to go on more dates with some girls. Like this year, well, the last two years, I've I've been out with a few lovely, lovely ladies, but. I've been focusing so much on YouTube, on work, and I, I don't think people really understand how much goes into uh, running a YouTube channel along with a normal job, let alone two jobs, um, and a dog that you have to look after yourself, and the car builds, that, the, the amount of, I don't have much free time to myself, and I think that's something I'm going to try and do next year, I'm going to try and give myself a few days of the week where I make sure it's just for me instead of like for YouTube or for work or anything like that. I'm just going to make sure I have a few days to myself so I don't lose my mind completely because I feel like that could definitely, definitely happen. And I don't want that to. I want to stay sane as long as, as long as I can. And I need to try and start remembering stuff more. Then my goals for 2019, lose weight, date more girls. Uh, even if it's just one, if I can find one nice one that works with me, that'd be sweet. Um, Build my car up so it's super sick. And maybe if maybe if I can afford to get an A86 shell and modify my E92 M3, uh, I'd love to. I've got exactly how I want that in my head. I'd love to take that to Nurburgring as well, but 
I think while I've got while I've still got the MX5, um, I'll probably take that. Um, I've built that car up, obviously, and I want to carry on with the YouTube series and that. So I think we're going to have to find some more stuff to do with that. Um, but overall, I just want to get on more track days and I just want to have more fun and I want to do more drifting. I I love driving and I know a lot of people take um, you you get opinions based off of what they see of you on the internet. But I don't think anybody really understands that I could quite happily give all of this up if it meant I got way more seat time and driving time and actually become a better driver. Almost do the opposite of uh, other YouTubers that have given up racing careers to become YouTubers. I'd, I'd do anything to give up my YouTube career, if you can even call it that, to become a race driver of some sort. Uh, let me have another sip of my tea. My, dry, my throat's getting dry. So, um, let me see where we're at. I don't, I don't actually know how long I've been talking for. Um, I hope what I have been talking is entertaining enough. Um, let me see if I've got any more questions come in while I've been talking or if, as long as they're sensible enough not like some guys like do you like Willie um, let me find some stuff what do your parents do for a living well I work with my dad so uh, we do product sourcing in China and Taiwan like I've mentioned and uh, yeah what is your ah the dankest Vegeta <laughs> the dankest Vegeta has asked me what's your most favourite driving slash car memory now I can tell you this straight away um it is the Nakayama track day I did with Kazoo from Osaka JDM in the X Kanjo car, the EF9. It was just... It, I think back on it now and I get shivers of how amazing that day was. And I was out with no good racing, the Kanjo team, no good racing. On a, basically a track day with just us in the middle of Japan. And, oh man, it was sick. Like, I can't explain. Like, the, I felt very lucky. I think that, that that's the takeaway I get from that I don't feel like I was I was special or above anybody I just felt I was very lucky and it was the bond that I've created with Kazoo over the years from Osaka JDM that he rewarded me with such an incredible experience um and it was just just amazing like it's just amazing like I, I, even now I'm looking at it like wow that is insane like I still cannot believe um I still cannot believe I got to do it. And I think that's like amazing. I'll be able to tell my kids that I've got a picture of it on my hallway wall, a big canvas. I'm talking like, it must be a metre and a half big each way of just a huge, well, maybe a metre tall, maybe. I don't know, it's big though, of the some of the cars from the track day. It was just like the best experience I've ever had when it comes to cars. That was just, oh, I'll never forget that. Um, I'll never, ever, ever forget that. That was just my favourite ever driving experience ever. Right, I've got a couple more questions that have been asked. Um, I've, I've kind of answered a lot of these already, so there's no point of like answering them. I've just covered that with the uh, T-Video UK. Go give them a follow. Has uh, has asked me about what car I'd take to the Nürburgring. It's a, it's a tough choice because I've got a lot of good little cars, and I just have to wait and see, I think. When I do book up a tri trip, I'll have to uh, go and... Um, Going to do that. I've been asked a lot of questions that me and the Low Origin boys are going to cover when we hang out in a couple of weeks, so I don't want to answer those now. Um... Some Edward Lowe has asked me, who influenced your love of cars and how old were you? I love the channel and keep up the work. I think it was a mixture of my mum and my dad because my dad always loved cars anyway. He always collected like the Franklin Mint model cars and he's got he's still got them all and they were so sick. But they're all the old American ones. And 
but what my mum used to do when I was a kid, and my great my granddad, we'd uh, I lived with my granddad when we couldn't actually afford our own house back when I was a kid. Well, I wasn't silver spooned like a lot of people think I was. Um, we actually, my parents lived separately. My dad lived in a little tiny house that just was just enough room of one person because he moved down from somewhere else. And uh, my mum lived with her mum and dad still. And I I was born and I lived with my grandparents and my mum in this little house in oh shit. I just said where we live, <laughs> so uh, I live in. I basically I lived in this little house. It was a beautiful little village, and um, yeah, it was it was just absolutely fantastic. And so I lived in this little house with my grandparents and my mum. And I we used to have one of those car mats, you know. And we what my mum would do is walk me down to the local village fair thing. I guess what what do you call it? Like a you know where they is a fair isn't it is it a fate a village fate i don't know where they, like market that's what it's called a market and there was a guy there that sold hot wheels for i think it was a pound a car 50 50p a car a pound a car i don't really remember because i was like a baby but my mum would buy me one every week she'd buy me one car every week and i got to choose that car and i could, i can remember explicitly one time where i couldn't choose between cars and she was like you're only getting one you're not having two i was like now looking back if it was my kid i'd just buy him two because <laughs> it's two quid but she was like I, I i literally you can get one car that's it and i was like all right I, I, and it took me about an hour and a half to decide it got to the point where my mum was like you're not having either of them if you don't decide so uh <laughs> oh that's just, oh man it's so sweet when you think back on it but uh, yeah i think i think a lot of it was my mum me and my granddad would play for hours i've still got his uh bright orange ford transit pickup truck that he used to have so uh on as, as a toy car in the office in the 621 shop because it means a lot to me so uh so yeah that was i, I feel that was what got me into it but I, I also feel like heading up to the honda garage when i was a kid all the time and like you know, feeling like I was welcome there, it made it, made it all spiral into what it is now, and I, I think growing up didn't help that I was the youngest in my year, I was a bit of a, bit of a fucking loner, if I'm honest, I didn't really have that many friends in school, and I think that's testament that I'm not really friends with any of them now, apart from my cousin, but obviously we're friends, because we're family, and I've uh, become friends with some people that were in my year, and in my, like, school, that I wasn't friends with back then after school because I was I was I kept myself to myself. I didn't think anybody liked me, so I was just like kept myself to myself. And cars were my little sank, you know, safety net. I used to buy Top Marks and Auto Trader instead of comic books, and I'd memorize car stuff. So I, I just I, I find found solace in them. So uh, so yeah, so that's that. Um, I'm gonna finish on one last thing, and I'm just trying to find something that's a bit different that's not normal I don't, this is like i said this is just a, a tester podcast to see how it goes and um if it works out well then i'll obviously do a lot more of these one-to-one ones but uh so we'll just see where it goes like i'm really just testing this to see how the editing and stuff goes for when we do get guests in and once i've got this microphone situation set up because i've got some real big youtubers that i think you guys are gonna love lined up and some of them are controversial some of them i don't think you're gonna like off the bat but i hope like with paul wallace we can convince you that these are normal guys <laughs> or they might not be in the other hand but we'll just see i'm gonna be as open and as honest as i can um Right, where are we at? Uh, I want to ask one more question. So let me just find one more really good question. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, most of these questions are just, the answer is A86. I think <laughs> I think if you're about to ask me a car-related question, if A86 can be the answer, then it's probably going to be the answer. Um, or Ferrari F40. They're like my two cars that I really want. <laughs> um, I will finish it on this. I want, to, I want it to be a more personalised question. Um, okay. 
Do you plan on... Oh, it's not really a personal question, but it is what it is. Um, do you plan on doing any more Snevating Evenings? Uh, Snevating Evenings. And that is from Danny Quinn, who was actually there last time. We said hello last time. He's a nice guy. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, as long as there are some. But I find that some of the track day guys that make them uh, charge way too much money. And there's too many rules. And I, I prefer the full open track days where you can go and come as you please, basically. Because if you get a red flag and the track shut for 20 minutes on a evening session, you've lost, like you know, like a one-sixth of your track time really so uh, i prefer to do it on a different type where you can just go out for the whole day so i think you will see a lot of track stuff from me next year because obviously the last couple of years have been us building the cars next year i want to be out using the cars um i'll still have a build on the on the youtube i'm sure i'd i really struggle to not be doing something as you can probably tell from all the shit i do but um yeah i think that's probably the answer to that uh, yes, there'll be lots more track content, and I hope to be able to get a bit more around the country. I really want to try Cadwell Park. That looks amazing. Um, and we'll just see if we can link up with other YouTubers along the way and obviously have some mutual benefits from that. Um, then it'll be rock and roll, but if not, then we'll just have a good time doing what we do. So I want to say thank you so much for listening to my first Carmog's podcast. Car mods, car mugs podcast this year. Um, sorry, it's taken a long, long time. Well, not not, not this year because I did the one with Paul Wallace, didn't I? Um, but yeah, we, you know, it's the first one in a long time. This side of the this this last few months, it's been a long time. And uh, I really hope you've enjoyed the little chat we've had. I will see you on the other side. So make sure you follow me at Adam Ivel on my Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to Adam Ivel on YouTube. That's I V E double L. Um, check out some of my videos if you haven't already. Check out the podcasts uh, that we've done previously. If this is your first one you've listened to, I thank you very, very much for your questions. And I'll see you, well, or, I'll, or you'll hear me in another video or podcast very soon. Thank you very much for watching, guys. Watching? That's the YouTube in me. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Peace.